Hello, I'm Eric Chabra with the Information Security Media Group, and we're speaking with Ord Tinton, Executive Director of ISC Squared, the not-for-profit organization that educates and certifies information security professionals. Our topic, how the federal government is addressing information security awareness. Thanks, Ward, for speaking with us. Oh, very glad to, uh, Eric. Glad to be here. How would you grade the federal government in making its employees and other constituents aware of IT security? Based on long experience with the government, uh, I, I have seen it grow steadily over the years. Each year, it seemed to get a little bit better. In the Department of Interior, each year, it was mandatory. We had various levels of training for our end users, and each year, we tried to make the material a little more relevant. Uh, it also became a bit more difficult, and they had to study materials until they actually got passing grades on it. At that point, we actually got to where we would do some spot testing just to see and make sure that our uh, training was effective. That, of course, was centralized by the Office of Personnel Management for a more consistent promoting continuity across the government better, and uh, that seems to have worked quite well. I should have mentioned that you were the one time a CIO at the Department of Interior. That's correct, but I have fully recovered. <laughs> Good. Can you be a little more specific on maybe some of the things that the agencies and departments are doing right about it, and if there are still some challenges, what those challenges are? Security awareness for the end users, uh, when I left, and this was about two and a half years ago, was a once-a-year event, and it was very strict. You actually must pass the training, you must go through it, and that's for everyone from the top executive all the way to even contractors that, uh, that come in from it. I think once a year may not be often enough. End-user training must occur much more frequently than that. The social engineering piece of it is so easy to delude people that we need more frequent training. And then you also do need the follow-up just to make sure that people really and truly understood the dangers and some of the tricks that are used out there to uh, to deceive them. The other aspect of it, of training, that I think probably needs strengthening to some degree is, the, is what we call role-based training, and that is for the professionals in the IT area that need to be technical in many areas and to keep up with the rapid changing pace of, uh, of technology. What are some of the common problems you find with end users? You start with the email. Email is the gateway that has to stay open. You have to have it to, to conduct your business. And actually having the right IT controls on the email system to prevent people from actually having freedoms and flexibilities within the email stream is necessary. For example, it's just not a safe habit to allow people to use the links that often come in emails to get to the web and other sites. Using plain text, not as colorful, it's not as functional as the HTML versions of email, but it is much more secure. A lot of this, of course, depends upon the situation and the risk that agencies are willing to take with their email. But what we find is that is, that is a primary weak link. Another area that needs a lot of monitoring, at least, is the collaborative Web 2 type of functions. Messaging was always a concern for us, and then there's all sorts of different versions of instant messaging. Now we deal with the Facebooks, we deal with MySpace, we deal with Twitter. There are just more ways for people to actually communicate, even outside of their email streams, that are potential vulnerabilities. Is the solution to ban them, or is the solution is to find some safe way for them to use it? 
Oh, no, no, no. I'm not suggesting that they be then. It's uh, like wireless. The wireless was very scary to us several years ago, and it's still very scary. But if you look around, wireless has not been stymied. It has grown by leaps and bounds and is a major part of our infrastructure. So, you know, the key is to, we say in the security business, build your security in from the uh, the front end of whatever process it is you're trying to allow. And on wireless, you need to have your infrastructure constructed carefully before you start. On instant messaging, it's the same thing. There are versions of instant messaging that are secure, and you might you need to make sure you have the right controls over that. Otherwise, you're going to have severe data leakage issues. Skype is another means of communication that has progressed quite technically, but in terms of security, we'll give them some kudos for actually improving and instilling trust for a lot of people for the use of a very common tool out there. So the answer is to try to avoid saying no, but at the same time, try to get yourself in on the front end of these new technologies before the business actually launches them. How important is it for all government cybersecurity professionals to be certified? We believe it is a critical measuring point, a milestone, and we're not saying that certification is the magic silver bullet for uh, anyone's solutions, but there are a lot of demand right now for different skills throughout the security world, and there are a lot of credentials, there's a lot of training and educational tools and and courses that are available to them. And I've looked at a lot of resumes over my career. Resumes can say a lot of things. One is education, and then how do you validate that education and the competency that goes with that. And then the second piece is experience. No one wants to fly with a pilot that has a pilot's license, but he has no solo hours, and he hasn't spent any time in the air. You have to have a good balance of the two is, uh, is our philosophy. Some people argue that government should not have to require all cybersecurity professionals to be certified at this point in time, at least, because if they did that, they wouldn't have enough people to staff all its positions. It is a problem. You know, I have to look back at the DOD model, the I think it's 8570.1, that put this requirement in and did a mapping of their job skills to determine actually what certification they wanted in place, and they gave themselves several years in which to accomplish that. And I think that number amounted to something like 100,000 people. There probably aren't 100,000 people. There certainly weren't at the time they they launched or directed, but we have 63,000 just in the ISC squared arena at this point and other security organizations have, have smaller numbers at the uh, at the same time. So it is a doable thing. It couldn't be done overnight. But there's another aspect of certification that is, to, to me, critically important at this point. It's at least some assurance to you that the people you hire have to keep up with their skills. In order to stay certified uh, and to maintain our credential, you have to amass a certain number of what we call continuing professional education credits over a three-year period. And without... Um, maintaining those credits, then you lose your your certification. And then there's various and different ways and types and grades of those credits. You not only want to hire someone that's competent today, you want to make sure that they are at least tuned in to remaining competent over an extended period of time. Are you encouraged by what you see coming out of the White House for President Obama's cybersecurity plan? Those are very good signals, very positive signals. We are particularly encouraged by a couple of things in there, one being the notion that the public awareness has to be greater, and that goes way beyond government. Uh, Public awareness is a program, an aspect of education that we in ISC Squared have been trying to focus on here for a couple of years. 
at one time we were focused at the highly accomplished individuals, five years experience with a certification. We now are looking into grade schools. We're looking at places that our academia is missing, the teaching skills. We find that teachers really are not comfortable with teaching in areas that they haven't had formal training on. You know, when we went to school to get teaching degrees, to get just about any type of a professional degree, there were basic academic requirements, math, science. And if you weren't really accomplished in those, you had to take general math and general science. But there was at least a recognition you had to have basic academic skills. As a result of that, when we have issues today, we know in most cases who to call. If there's a burglar outside your house, you call the police. If you think you're having a heart attack, you need medical services, you call 911. It's 10 o'clock at night and you're trying to balance your checkbook and you notice some irregularities. Next thing you know, you think you're a victim of identity theft. Who do you call? 911 doesn't work. Uh, and it's not real clear with, within our framework exactly how we manage this. You know, we have a lot of work to do on that public awareness front, in my opinion, across the board. We need to get it in the grade schools. We need to get it into our high schools, colleges, and basic core courses in the universities. We are particularly passionate with a program at this point that we call Safe and Secure Online that is targeted for children the ages 11 through 14. It's tried and true. We've done it in several countries. I think over 20,000 students now through the training. And it's an opportunity for our 63,000 members to give something back to, to the public. And having participated in a few of those myself, I can tell you, they, re they really make you feel good when you can walk away from kids in, in classrooms and feel like you've left something positive with them. I've been speaking with Hort Tipton, Executive Director of ISC Squared, about IT security awareness for the federal government. Thanks, Ward, for taking time to chat. Uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. I'm Eric Chabro of the Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.